Welcome to the Waconia Pulse, a community-based podcast presented by the Smothers and Falk Realty Group, highlighting all things Waconia and the surrounding area. The Smothers and Falk Realty Group consists of licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Advantage Plus. Now, here's the Waconia Pulse. Welcome to the show. We are the Smothers and Falk Realty Group, your trusted real estate guides. My name is Laura Falk, and here with me today are teammates Ben Smothers and Ann Smothers, and special guests Pete and Tanner Delane with Waconia Brewing Company here in Waconia. Welcome. We are so excited to have you on the show today and appreciate that you took some time uh, to be with us. Today, we're going to talk about what has been happening since episode four in the real estate world. Then we're going to switch it over and talk beer with Pete and Tanner and finish with some Lake Waconia talk, what's happening with the park, island, and more. Let's jump right in. Yeah, so uh, it's been a busy couple of months in the Carver County Waconia real estate market. We all didn't really know what to expect, you know, coming out of the spring in May and April, and it was really unknown what was going to happen. And we got a few uh, stats to talk about to uh, kind of show how busy it's actually been and um, what's been driving the uh, local market. And one uh, stat I think that is important is the uh, days on market until uh, until sale, and that we've uh, we've seen that down between twenty five and forty percent um, from May twenty nineteen and May twenty twenty. And I think that is due to uh, the low inventory we have, uh, which is just driving people to get in and buy quickly. So, what have you guys been seeing? Yeah, I've noticed that time on the market, especially in those popular price ranges, has just been. I mean, a blink. Like if, if you miss the listing coming on, it could be gone in hours. If you're shopping in the, you know, upper twos to, you know, upper threes, those just aren't lasting. So really just keeping an eye on the market. And if you're representing a buyer that's shopping in that, uh, that price range to be ready to jump and have your, you know, buyer prepared with pre-approval to position them well. Right. And I think if we, we do run into multiple offers if we're working with buyers. And I think just structuring these purchase agreements to that, it might not be about price. It might be some other things that are, we try to really think outside the box. So it is, it's worthwhile to have a plan in place with your buyers before you, you know, go out and start looking because you are going to run into multiple offers. It's been surprising to me to see the, uh, the change in the split level price point um, in the last even three months. We were selling the, you know, 20 year old split levels for 275 and now they're going for three to 315. It's been, um, yeah, pretty incredible to watch. I can't believe they're actually appraising, but that's been, uh, the thing that's shocked me the most, I guess. I think it does um, show that just this inventory, I think people are just holding on to these homes. Obviously, their equity is rising. I'm just wondering when the floodgates are going to open up and people are going to go, oh, we better start taking advantage of this market. But it just still hasn't happened. It's just kind of, it's odd. I think there's some just general nervousness around, you know, if we sell quickly, you know, where are they going to go? I think there's just some nervousness around, like, I don't want to sell if, if I don't right, have right. somewhere to right. go or if there's nothing for me to right. to buy and, you know, the des- desired price range that right. they have. So, but there's ways to work work with that and ease some of that um, nervousness and right. and risk with the right buyer, with maybe extending a closing, doing an honor before, you know, a few months down the road to give right. them some time to really search and find something great for them. So yeah, I think that definitely has been communicated with me, at least with some sellers mm-hmm. on some of their reservations. So we uh, we just have stats that are updated as of May 2020. I think we've talked about this before, just the, the traditional spring market being delayed because of everything in the you know March and April timeline kind of came to a halt. But uh, I think we're 
all seeing it right now. The listings are starting to come on and more people are getting active to try to get something done before the uh, end of the summer. Right. And one of those big things that's driving it is the interest rate. 2.75% on a 30-year fixed is pretty pretty crazy. That's, yeah. I'm not quoting that rate, but that's what I've heard. We're not lenders. <laughs> We can't, we can't tell you that that's what you're gonna get. But word out um, there, yeah, is it, is it, it exists. So we are proud to say that June for sales, we had our best month so far as a team. So we're really proud about that. Worked extremely hard when the spring did hit. So yeah. even due to COVID. Yeah, and we also got, uh, we broke into the top 20 right. teams for Remax in Minnesota in May yeah. as well. So that was good, which was really exciting. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we will talk with Pete and Tanner regarding their business and what they are doing during this time. And we're back. We are here with Waconia Brewing Company. Thanks again, Pete and Tanner, for being here today. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Thanks for having us. We uh, uh, really appreciate being here. So, yeah, we've been, uh, background-wise, we've been Waconia residents for over 20 years. And my wife, Dee, and I uh, moved here, boy, in the late 90s. And we have four boys who are now all in their 20s. They all went to Waconia High School, graduated here. And so we've been uh, a long-time residents. And me, Pete Delang, you know, again... uh, we started the brewery, and we'll talk probably a little bit more yeah. about that later, about six years ago. But I'm here with my son, Tanner. Yeah. Tanner, give you a chance to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I, I mean, not born and raised, but it kind of feels that way. I've oh, been yeah. here for so long, and I've been in the service industry for probably about 15 years at all the restaurants around town. I think I've made my way through some at this point. <laughs> Mostly uh, Lola's. I was there for close to 10 years. Wow. And after there, moved over to uh, Locker Brothers as an account manager for a few years, which is the beer distributor over in Green Isle. Now I'm just at the brewery, and so it's been about 15 years in this industry, and we're kind of hoping to take it to the next level. Yeah, I, I uh, we were all very excited when Waconi Brewing started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk about what your day-to-day looks like now versus, you know, maybe six months ago before COVID-19. What does your, yeah, your just general day-to-day operation look like? Yeah, and I'm sure everybody's been thinking about that in terms of, you know, everybody's individual lives and how it's affected their businesses. For us, uh, it's kind of interesting timing-wise. At the end of last year, we kicked off an expansion. And, yeah, and so in our current space, we... Went ahead and ordered a brand new canning line, new cooler, a handful of additional tanks so we can yeah. really supply the demand that our, our distributors and our customers want. And then as that was happening, when we were shut down for COVID, the canning line showed up the next day. <laughs> and so it was a little bit of a challenging time, um, you know, with that transition. And, uh, you know, I'll talk maybe a little bit about how it's impacted the tap room. Mm-hmm. And I'll throw it over to Tanner, who runs our uh, sales and distribution side of it, and he can comment on on what the changes have been really out in the rest of the market. So uh, for us as a brewery, when the shutdown happened, we were still allowed in the tap room to do off-sale. And so people would come in and buy growlers and, and take them to go. And we had a tremendous amount of support from the community and neighboring communities. And a lot of people would come in and order beer and take it to go. So, of course, in the tap room, we were in a position like a lot of businesses were where we had to lay off our 
our taproom employees, so about 15 folks, but we were able to keep our full-time employees active and busy, and they took on the role of, you know, we did deliveries and, you know, serving our customers uh, through the two-go. And, uh, and that's been interesting, and now we, we've transitioned to the next stage where we can do 50% capacity inside the taproom. And so it's been great, oh, yeah. absolutely fantastic to have those customers come back in mm -hmm. and be able to kind of, again, experience the, uh, the environment we try to create. Yeah. Tanner, I mean, maybe if you want to I comment on, to... on the distribution and the, the yeah. rest of the business. And that's where it's been a little bit bittersweet for us. We had close to 300 or so tap accounts throughout the whole metro oh, and oh. all west because we have two distributors. One basically handles the cities, the, re the other mm -hmm. one handles the rest of the state. And with all those being shut down, we were sat sitting on a lot of beer. But on the other side of that, uh, liquor stores during the time of shutdown were up 200% in sales. So people still found- I'm sorry if I have avenue. to laugh about that. Yeah. It's like all we did was drink. Yeah. <laughs> people still found their avenue to, I don't know, kind of get their, their favorite drink, which yeah. thankfully we saw was a little bit of us because our can sales increased pretty exponentially. But oh, and the other side of that was that we were selling so much, it became such a challenge for us to forecast what people would be ordering our distributors would be because it kind of came to a week-to-week -week basis. And I'm sure everyone knows brewing beer takes a little bit longer than one week. Right. So how far out do you have to plan typically? For we, we would like usually a month is what oh we were at. Okay. Yeah. So we would have our, our forecast from our distributors about a month ahead of time. That would give us plenty of time to plan it out, brew the beer, and can the beer, and have it shipped out. And now we're doing once a week, and with liquor store sales being up 200%, we were kind of putting a, between a rock and a hard place, but in, in a good way. And so that was one of the challenges that we kind of had to figure out. And now we've seen even bigger growth, even with uh, bars and restaurants opening back up. Right. The liquor store industry is still... Still yeah, rising. they found something they liked, and they're going to keep yeah, buying it, absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And with the new expansion, Pete was just talking about, we are kind of able to fill that a little, a little more now. Yeah. Getting back to what Pete said about the tap room being open again. I mean, that's got to be a relief to you guys just to be able to see people, interact with people in your tap room. You know what I mean? And just have conversations, and um, even if it's just fifty percent right now. But you know, I mean, is that something? Did you have to bring back most of your taproom staff or is it half or what? No, at this point, I think we had about 15 part-time people that would come in and do uh, work in the taproom. Uh, now that we're back open, I think we brought maybe five oh. of those folks back and we still have our full-time employees yeah, actually right. in there doing some of that work. Right. But again, I can't, I can't stress enough how really cool it is to have, because we are a family-friendly taproom. And so we'd have a lot of people come in, bring their kids, play some games. Mm -hmm. Really cool to see people getting back out. Right. That's what we really... Well, and people are, I think, especially in downtown Waconia, I see more and more people walking and going. I think yep. when your patio opened up, I mean, it was just like the onslaught. People just wanted to come and sit and just have a place to go. <laughs> yeah. So we're feeling pretty positive. It's Good. just, again, as Tanner mentioning, mentions, it's just the uncertainty. Yeah. Right. Is there another shutdown of bars and restaurants or, is, you know, and I... We just had the conversation before we came over here. Our head brewer, Tom, said, you know, I'm trying to think about how much Oktoberfest we make this year. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, yeah, good question. Yeah. We don't know. Because right. we, this, you know, it's still up in the air. When you had all of this extra beer, when everything kind of hit, like you didn't, all of a sudden, 
bars and restaurants closed down and you you, you didn't have to like dump it like the dairy people, did you? No, I mean, no, we didn't. You you couldn't keep it and somehow sell yeah. it again. And or? again, as Tanner was saying, I think we were in an interesting position doing the expansion because uh, again, we were having trouble keeping up with our distribution, and so we had beer, and we were able to sell that out of the tap room, and it actually worked out okay. But we were okay. nervous, and there were a number of breweries that actually nervous. did have to dump beer. Yeah, and I think the the greater challenge was all the beers and kegs sitting at our distributors that they could not sell that would start to get old. And so we work with our distributors to bring that back. And some of that did go to waste. Because once it goes to them, it's just, I mean, it's their problem, right? Uh, Essentially, you're not really. Not really. really It isn't? I don't know. It it is and it isn't. When we sell it to them, they typically move it. Yeah. But when, when again, all their customers shut down, our distributors are in a bad position. So we work work with with them and say, how do we do this so that... You know, we can kind of share the share the pain, right? Recognizing when things open again, right? You know, again, we're gonna they're gonna be ready to push our beer again. Both with our distributor JJ Taylor, who does the cities, and uh, Locker Brothers, right? Out of Green Isle, and they have a yeah, they, strong yep. local connection. Here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so good. Yeah, you talked a bit about you know community support, which kind of made me thinking. You know, I noticed just a lot of collaboration happening in the Waconia community uh, through you know COVID nineteen and the different shutdowns. Um, did you experience that personally with the brewery in Waconia? Uh, we did do, there were small collaborations. So say for Iron Tap, when they would run a dinner special, oh, yeah. we would supply, say, a few cases of um, okay. canned beer. And so yeah. if you got that dinner special, you get a four pack or sure. whatever it may be on the cool. side to go with that. And so there were a few instances of that, but one of the bigger ones were um, kind of like the Drink One Down and charity yeah. events. We continued those, but... And then kind of a uh, takeout. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Yep. And so we would still do the portion of the proceeds would go to whatever charity we had going on that time. But at the same time, we didn't have people sitting inside and drinking, which kind of hurts the charity at the same time. But at least it was something that we were able to get Mm -hmm. people in the door. And And it was interesting. We did this last drink went down during the COVID, but it was all to-go beer. And we had our exes out in the parking lot, and oh, you <laughs> it did. got a little challenging because we had so many people showing up. It's like, all right, you're not supposed to be gathering. Right. Spread out, yeah. right? But it was one of those, I think, opportunities where people haven't seen each other for a while, especially when it's oh, a, yeah. an event where people, or it's a charity that people mm-hmm. know each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to stay and talk, but no, and everybody was great. Yeah, was great. we didn't have to. Uh, yeah. We didn't have to disperse people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And nobody called you. Like, no, no, nobody called the police. No trouble. No. <laughs> no trouble. <laughs> Everybody was very kind. Yeah. Some of you listening might not know that. Well, you know today that there's two family members here, but that Waconia Brewing is a family run business. Would you mind kind of talking about how your family members are involved in you know the business from the start to today? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I'll briefly comment on that. So we started the brewery six years ago, and it was actually the idea of, uh, I have a brother who moved to town, Bob DeLang, and the two of us and our wives said, hey, you know, it'd be kind of fun to start a brewery. We have a younger brother who owns a brewery out in Denver, Dry Dock Brewing, and he's been doing that for almost 20 years. And so we had a little bit of an insight into what it would take to actually start and run the brewery. And so we kicked it off really as a partnership between my brother and I and family and wives about six years ago. And since that time, you know, I have four boys, and we've gone from just kind of being a partnership to now my wife, Dee, does kind of our sales and marketing and kind of communications. 
Tanner joined us about two years ago, a year and a half no, ago, to run our brand management, sales, and marketing distribution. My, our, my oldest son, Drew, is one of our brewers, and he's been on staff since day one. Tanner's wife, Faith, joined a few years ago, and she does our taproom management. And who am I missing? I think that's it. You had a couple part-timers in there, too, the, yeah. the, the college guys. Yeah, and so <laughs> my son, Drew, and Tanner, of course, have uh, been with the brewery for a while, and... Uh, yeah, so it's a it's 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 interesting. It's fun to be able to go into the brewery and have that kind of connection with mm-hmm. the family. Yeah, that but is a, at that the is same a... time, a family business can be right. challenging. Yeah. 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 we have lots of opportunities to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like you guys have been around longer than six years. I mean, you're just like a staple in town now, which is really. I mean, impressive in six years for you guys to. I mean, and make it feel that way. Good you, job on that. Appreciate yeah, thanks, that. Thanks. Appreciate that. You've talked about expansion. So are you looking to actually move to a bigger spot or are you happy where you're at? That's a really interesting question. In kind of the brewery industry, there is a challenge to be at a particular scale, right? If you're at a particular scale, you can buy your ingredients in bulk and get better pricing. Oh, well, that makes, yeah. So there is this pressure to be a bit bigger. We've always said, though, let's grow in a smart way instead of building a ginormous facility and making a... You know, having just a tremendous amount of capacity, we're, we're going to grow as we need to grow, yeah. but not take a, a big step. The current building that we're in, we absolutely love the location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just right in downtown Waconia. People can walk around. It's really cool. It's probably not the best location for a lot of production, but we enjoy it. And the current facility, well, we're going to be there for a long time. We'll be there for another five to seven years for okay. sure. And we have enough capacity now with that new building. Uh, to probably double what we did in the last oh. few years. And oh, I think nice. last year, it's kind of cool, uh, we were the 26th biggest brewery in terms of production volume out of 170 in Minnesota. Wow. So cool. we're pretty thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping to break the top 20 here in the next year or two just with our increased nice. capacity. But one thing we probably will do is end up getting some offsite warehouse space. Sure. You know, because just to store, store stuff. Yeah, I really. can't imagine. But yeah. we, we absolutely love the location, though. Do you have any other fond events planned? We talked about maybe bringing the drink one down for the town, back into the tap room. Yeah, anything else coming up here that you want to share? Well, Saturday, yeah. uh, we're actually doing the Don't Worry, Be Hoppy you 5K run again. are yeah. doing it. So, yes, we are doing it. That usually happens around Easter. Mm-hmm. And so this year... You know, working with our organizer and working with the city and really talking about how we can actually do an event like that and still follow the right guidelines. We've got it planned out really nice. So there's going to be small groups of people that go out at different times as opposed to everybody having a mass start. And so we'll be uh, and that's going to be, I think, a lot of fun. So we'll have 10 different groups going out with maybe 15 to 20 people in a group and have it staged over the morning. So we're excited. Act yeah, wow. That's 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 impressive. Plus, it's optimistic, and it makes people think, gosh, maybe we have some normalcy coming back. And we've been, and, we thought very hard about whether or not we should do an event. So sure. the, a lot of consultation with the city and just run the plans by and saying, is this something that is mm-hmm. good for us, or are we you know, doing something that might... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, how many people have signed up? Do you know, Tanner? Are you in charge uh, of any of that? Roughly or? 252 wow. or so. Wow, that's great. That is awesome. Yeah, um, it should be pretty busy. It's going to be. be. It's <laughs> as much as it can be, I yeah. suppose, safely. Yeah. Yeah, another nice. thing I wanted to mention that we have going on, I'm sure everyone 
knows the Carver County Fair is mm-hmm. not happening. But that that week, I think my wife Faith is actually working on trying to get some of the food vendors that are at the fair to kind of stop in and have days at the brewery throughout that week. Oh my gosh, that's so a you can get great your idea. ostrich burger fix oh, or man, your I'll mini donuts. I'll be there for that. <laughs> that is a great idea. Oh yeah, actually we have another event coming up. I'm sure you'll hear about it too. Is Sovereign Estates yeah. is actually doing like a uh, like a mini state fair also. I'm sure you'll hear more about it from them, but we're going to be featured there with a special beer. I don't oh I don't want to say what it is yet, but but it it it's, it'll be pretty exciting. They're kind of doing like a yeah, mini fair without the rides. He's is what So is that going to be like around normal fair time like late Yeah, on, you know? uh, Labor Day weekend, I believe oh, he was cool. thinking. Oh about. cool. And that's really we're really excited about that because being able to collaborate again with yeah. Yeah. business like Sovereign yeah. is, is a tremendous amount of fun. And they're a, they're a great customer. That's really fun. I like seeing people trying to, you know, bring some some excitement back with some of those events that we were sad to see goal yeah. you know, this year and finding ways to make it happen. That's really great. You know, we're excited about our fall seasonal coming out. We're going to yeah. do a different IPA. You should be able to see. Oh, cans. good. How many beers do you have at one time that you're offering? I mean, because we'll yeah. go in there and it's like, I don't even know. For distribution, we have four flagship beers that we that we sell. So we do our uh, Carver County Kolsch. We do our Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. We do our 90K IPA. And we do our Whacktown Wheat and then throughout the year, in cans, we'll do another tanner four. Four seasons. Seasonals. We try to hit uh, each season, there will be one can. And that, oh. year, this year that, that rotates was... in. Okay. This year, we had mango kolsch, raspberry blonde, the lunchbox porter, which was the peanut butter and jelly porter, and then cookies and cream milk stout. Oh, my gosh. That was our lineup this past year. And then, oh. So and we're going to add, yeah, change some things around yeah. this coming year, but we like to give a little variety out there rather than yeah. the same things every year. And then in the tap room, we'll have easily 10 different 10-plus 10 beer styles. The, yeah. the brewers are always doing something. Doing something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had the cream ale, I think, a month or so ago. Oh, and that was really good. I liked yeah. that one. And that one was actually really fun because that it was a collaboration with the fire department. Okay. Oh. And yeah. so we do that every year. And what we do is the fire, not, not the fire department, but it's a fire no, department the, association. What was the, the official name? Relief fund, I believe. Yeah. The fire relief fund. And so every pint that we'd sell... Uh, two dollars of that would go to that relief fund. Very cool. And so we do that every year at the fire department. Mm, nice. Yeah, I, I really like how you guys have the the names kind of meaning something local in some fashion. It seems like anyway yeah. with Carver County or the, and I I I heard I'm, I would like you guys to confirm the meaning behind the 90k IPA, That's and that is the mileage my, around the mileage of the lakeshore in, in, in Minnesota. Minnesota. That is so we have more go. coast. Then. I don't know oh, who measured yeah. it, but <laughs> yeah. somebody who had a lot of time. <laughs> Trust us, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ninety thousand. Yeah, and it's funny you actually say that because we've been working, doing a little work with the uh, Carver County Historical Society to kind of come up with old references oh. throughout Waconia. So one, I think that's kind of on the coming on the pipeline is the uh, Sherman House Shandy, oh. and we were actually talking with the Historical Society. The Sherman House was the first hotel in Waconia, and it kind of started the kind of the mass migration of vacationers. Right, that could area. take the train out here. Yeah, yeah it's really neat. Yeah, so huh. that was the first spot they could stay. So I'm so excited to hear about the positive energy around your business and the fun events you have planned ahead. Uh, we know the community really loves having you here, and your business plays such a big part in why Waconia has become kind of a must-visit destination. So thanks again uh, for spending some time with us today, and we'll be right back. Yeah, thank you.
listening today, we're going to conclude with some talk around Lake Waconia. We have definitely seen some increased boat traffic this summer, some new construction happening on the east side, and some movement on the island. So as far as the island goes, we'll start there. So far, I've noticed they have done uh, permanent picnic tables and some grills on the west side, fire pits as well, uh, some basic landscaping and clearing out. Kayaking and canoe trips are kind of a coming soon uh, item where you can take kayak or canoe out with a naturalist and go to the island, walk around, uh, learn about um, obviously nature and some history as well, which sounds fun. That's We're, through community education. Oh, cool. Yeah. They built a huge retaining wall as well, and that was for access from the west side to the main part of the island. Um, lots of trails and eventually a campsite, bathrooms, and docks for access. So uh, it is still close to the public right now, but they're um, hoping you know soon that they can open. They're just finishing some clearing and some cleanup. So have you have not stepped on there yet? I have not. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited to check it out, though. It looks like you can actually see through a lot of you know parts of the island where it was so um, dense, dense, you know, before that you'll drive by. You know, on the water, and you can look through the kind of the wooded areas and see some of these can you t- things happening. Can you tell if they cleaned up some of those old buildings, or have they left those? Or yeah, Carver County Parks just put out a great video where they walked the island and talked about some history and and their plans. And it looked like some of the ruin, you know, the ruins of those buildings were there. And I from I guess my understanding, I think they are leaving some of that as a part of just you know the historic the piece. The goal, from you know, my understanding, is to bring this back to a public use parcel. It used to used to have you know ballroom and hotels and entertainment, and I think they even said the Minnesota Gopher football team back in the early 1900s came out and practiced on the island. So it used to be very visited and um, kind of a community feature, and they're trying to bring it back, uh, as well as bringing that history in and really making the focus on both that you know, nature and historic piece. Has anybody heard anything about the ballroom? What's happening? Any? I have not. I uh, know the county had an interest in it, I believe, um, the last I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been you know some talk around what to do with the physical building, you know, whether it's going to remain and be remodeled or, um, you know, bull- bulldozed and kind of a start over, maybe smaller space uh, built to still have weddings and things like that, but just a little bit smaller scale, different layout. Uh, right now it is pretty torn up with the utilities coming in and uh, the work with new construction on that, you know, that end of the community as well with the Charles Cudd neighborhood. Uh, that's been a change to the shoreline over there. If you boat on by, you can see the lots for 16 uh, homes, lakefront, as well as a neighborhood kind of behind that to the east, which is exciting too. That'll be kind of fun to see some new construction on the lake. We haven't really had that in quite a while. No. Another uh, nice thing to see is that the, and needed, is in the park, the, uh, the fifth public access will be helpful to the people trying to get on the lake, as we've all noticed on a nice Saturday or Sunday or even any day during the week, how busy and backed up the public accesses are. So that'll be a welcomed uh, addition. Absolutely. Yeah, there's been just so much more boat traffic this summer. Been on like a Tuesday afternoon. It's been busy out there. Um, Lots of boat traffic. So we've noticed, yeah, lots of lines towards the launch. And especially, you know, if bad weather's coming, you see everybody, you know, flocking too. Um, So another launch, I think, will be really, really helpful. I've uh, I've noticed that a few um, 
you know, people in regards to real estate asking about anything with just lake access. I've got a listing in Sandbar um, in the Waconia Landing that multiple agents have asked, does it have a dock with it, you know, kind of thing, because people aren't interested in doing the um, sit in the boat launch for an hour yep. <laughs> at a time. For sure, for sure. Uh, Lola is actually, I noticed they did the new docks this year, which uh, look really nice. They also have been doing takeout boat side. Oh, they have. Which nice. is really kind of fun. Um, you know, with all the takeout, you know, curbside and things, they were bringing down your, you know, bag of food right to the boat if you pull up. Yeah, another great thing that's going on in our community on the lake is uh, concerts, boat side. We've had the opportunity if you boat up, you can park maintaining, you know, six feet away from each boat and, and enjoy a concert, live concert. So uh, the musicians are playing on land, and then we uh, hang out in our boats and enjoy, you know, a nice night, and that's been really fun. I think two have happened, and I believe at least one more is planned. So just another fun way that, you know, our community is trying to provide some fun opportunities. Thanks again for spending some time with us today. Check out our website at smothersfalk.com and please hit subscribe on whatever podcast source you found us on today. And we would appreciate a rating and a review. We are active on Facebook, facebook.com backslash smothersfalkrealtygroup and Instagram as well at smothersfalkrealtygroup. There are tons of ways to connect with us. Just reach out and let us know how we can be of help to you at this time. We are the Smothers and Falk Realty Group. Stay well and thanks for checking your pulse. This has been the Waconia Pulse, a community-based podcast presented by the Smothers and Falk Realty Group, highlighting all things Waconia and the surrounding area. The Smothers and Falk Realty Group consists of licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Advantage Plus. You can find them online at smothersfalk.com, which is S-M-O-T-H-E-R-S-F-A-L-K.com. If you have a Waconia or real estate related question or comment that you would like included on this podcast, please call 612-352-9177. Again, that's 612-352-9177. Make sure you tell us to which show you are calling to contribute. And please know that we may include your voice recording in future episodes of this podcast. The Waconia Pulse was produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul studios, and they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Smothers and Falk Realty Group, Remax Advantage Plus, or Minnesota Podcasting. 